All right. God, I don't have a I I don't have a clever in in I don't have a clever intro for this, unfortunately. Uh, last couple. Well, on, no, not I can't say that the last one had a clever intro because that was the I want to believe one, and that doesn't have a clever intro. So I I guess I'll just for the intro I'll start off with a question. You guys like a Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the first one's real good. Well, the the Duffer Brothers seem to really like it because uh, that the, they implemented that into what we're talking about today. But first, hi, welcome to a uh, a Bomb Squad bonus cast. Uh, uh, today we're going to be talking about season four of Stranger Things. Hi, I am the host of this, uh, Joseph Henry Vrenick, and today I have with me. Hi, I'm Austin Zwiebelman. And we have a special guest uh, with us here today. It's her first time on the show. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, my name is Tony Hopkins, and I am an aspiring writer and director who likes the show that we're going to talk about. <laughs> Hell yeah. A bunch of aspiring filmmakers here today. Uh, we are talking about, as I said, Stranger Things Season 4, uh, the the hot ticket of the summer. It's like this and Top Gun. Uh, it's like the two big media things that everybody's talking about. But first, uh, since this is the fourth season of a show that we've not talked about prior, we're just going to... We're going to start off and just kind of briefly talk about the first three seasons um, of a phenomenon that's kind of captured the world for the past, God, it's, it's six years now? That, that was 2016. Yes. Jesus fucking Christ. Where does a minute go? Um, but yeah, no. Global phenomenon. We, we, we've all seen the previous three seasons. So we're, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put our guest on her toes here. Um, and <laughs> We're, we're gonna we're gonna start with Tony. Uh, what is your uh, prior history with seasons one and three of Stranger Things? So I got into it a little bit later than everyone else. Not by too much, but I didn't get into it until probably the January after the first season came out. And then I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." And then I got into it and I loved it. And I was into it like by the time season two came out. And then, yeah, I just got into it with there. But season three, I remember so vividly because I, that was when I like really got into it. And I have a Baskin Robbins in my town and they had all of the like scoops ahoy, like ice creams there. <laughs> it blew my mind. I have like the Steve Funko Pop like that they sold there. I own an 11, like, you remember the romper that she wears that's, like, black and it's got all the rainbow, like, on it? I own that. <laughs> nice. So, Damn. I was extremely obsessed. We lost Austin. Oh, no! <laughs> and he's back. I don't know what happened. <laughs> what the shit happened? It's a good question. We're totally keeping that in. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, because because this will be a visualizer for the audience's sake. Because um, we're we always record in Discord. Austin just kind of out of nowhere just disappeared and then came back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm just plugging my Ethernet in now. Let's see. 
Um, but now, now that we have Austin back, uh, sorry, Tony, continue. No, you're fine. I, that was basically it. It was that I was just so viscerally, like, obsessed with this show. And it, like, when COVID hit, it was like, oh my gosh, season four, when is that going to happen? And I was like, and now I'm, like, in college. And when I watched it, I was like, a freshman like it's oh it's so weird but it's i love it i'm not afraid to be like oh it's everyone's like oh it's mainstream like it's fine it's a great show you can <laughs> like things that are good and that are popular <laughs> exactly i i am gonna have a, a a few things to say when i get to my uh section of it uh austin just disappeared again austin <laughs> get your head my, in the uh, game <laughs> i don't understand what's happening my video froze once i plugged my ethernet in uh, i stopped obs thinking that would work it out and now i can't load video this is very odd <laughs> um well guess it's audio only you guys can hear me this sucks but we can keep going sorry you're, you're good um what the f- <laughs> All right. Uh, well, now that we have Austin back, Austin, uh, why, why don't you tell us your uh, your history with Stranger Things? Start, start from the beginning. Okay, so I got into Stranger Things in 2019 uh, because the third season was coming out around my birthday, and I finally had somebody to watch Stranger Things with, so I was like, let's go. Let's see the thing that everyone's been talking about. Um Stranger Things, like, in retrospective, now that we've seen season four, trying to remember back to what I was thinking at the time, uh, Stranger Things was feeling kind of silly in the run-up to season four, for me at least. I'm gonna be the downer here. I could barely remember most of what happened in the other three seasons, besides some, like, distinct character deaths or the nostalgic set pieces like The Mall. I definitely remember The Mall. Um, I think I was just feeling like the Upside Down was gonna keep sending in these goofy monsters like the Brain Tickler and PlayStation Demo Discs. <laughs> and the, the kids would just end up in another kind of identical scenario where they're fighting a supernatural bastard while dealing with some corrupt real-life institution on the side. I, I guess I felt like there wasn't a huge, cool arc happening in the show. I felt like the Duffers would just pull another thread out of their ass and hope you just tune in so you can see if the homies make it out alive. Like... What even was the cliffhanger for season three? All I know is three years later, when I was seeing Stranger Things season four popcorn tins at Walmart, the first thing that came to my mind wasn't like, oh, cool, finally, we get the answer to those questions. It was more like, oh, shit, homework. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what they did to deserve this, but I think the show running up to season four didn't do enough to make me personally a fan. Although I think that has more to do with me than the show. Back to you, Joe. All right. Um, Tony's going to sound like the most optimistic one here. uh, (laughs) That's what uh, everybody tells me. My my, my story with it starts off optimistic and then just kind of gradually gets sadder. Um, No! (laughs) So, season one of Stranger Things came out at, I would argue, the most perfect time for me specifically. Because... By that point, I was 20 years old. Um, I was literally months away from starting film school. And um, I was all for a revival of just, like, 
nostalgic type like 80s styled like films um yeah, I like it, th- this show was practically like tailor made for me uh, earlier th- that year. I had seen like the film Turbo Kid and I was just like craving more stuff like this. And then lo and behold, sometime in May of that summer, they dropped this 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 teaser for a show called Stranger Things. And the only person who's like even, an even remotely known name in it is Winona Ryder. And it's like the first big thing she's done in God knows how long. Um, so I'm like, oh, th- this this should be interesting, and it's probably going to be something that I would dig, but not everybody else will. And then I watched it, and um, dear fucking god, um, it it was my jam from the starts. I was all into it. I basically watched that whole thing in an entire day. And then continued to just like rewatch season one. Like that that shit was my jam. Um I, I I think everything about that first season is pitch fucking perfect. The filmmaking craft alone of that first season is magical. Um which was great for someone who was about to start film school and to get inspired by something like that. Like the it's hard to put into words just how much that season mattered to me um, and just how much I loved it. Um, and it like to watch it kind of like slowly grow from what was like this kind of cult word of mouth thing to just becoming a gigantic phenomenon was insanity. I was like, finally, I am in the know of something that everybody else likes. Um, <clears throat> season two... I remember seeing, like, we, I remember that vividly. Um, season two ain't perfect, but 90% of the episodes are. <laughs> 90% of the episodes. <laughs> I wonder um, which one you're talking about. <laughs> what could it be? I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's it, it's the, the one that nobody, like, knows. No, no, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Um... Uh, and yeah, no, I, I I was still on board with it at that point. Um, I, I didn't know where they were gonna go from there. Um, and uh, yeah, no, that was another one. Day one, um, I was back from fall break at the time. Uh, I watched it with my now ex fiance all in a day, and it was like it was Halloween, so it was perfect. Um, that that season is a perfect season to watch on Halloween. Season three, for a while, killed Stranger Things for me. Really? I, I, genu- I genuinely did not like season three. I, oh. At the time, I was like, this is enough to make me not care about the show anymore. It's become a shell of its former self. It's basically become what all the detractors are saying it is. And how it's basically just... Uh, uh, I love the eighties, but in narrative form, uh, just throwing in all of those fucking eighties references that get old really fucking fast. Um, for, and uh, of course this had to like coincide when my life started to like crumble. <laughs> um, cause, oh man, like the, the, this, like not too long after that, my engagement with my ex fiance collapsed. Uh, <laughs> I shot a movie that, was well i shot two films 
one of them is still in production and was kind of a hassle to get made, and then the other one we don't talk about for legal reasons. It's um, in the Disney vault. It's gone <laughs> forever. It, it had better be gone forever. <laughs> it had better be. <laughs> that, that's all I will say about that. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, it killed any sort of enthusiasm I had about uh, season four, so my lead into season four was just why good fucking god why um which i i wanted to kind of remedy that because i i felt like i felt bad that i wasn't excited for something that i used to love like passionately um so i did like a whole rewatch of the show and thank god i gave season three a second chance because still not good but I, i think i was a little too hard on it i think the other thing too was Good God, those run times are uh, extremely intimidating. <laughs> uh, I, I no joke, when I had heard that the finale was two and a half hours long, I audibly screamed, why in the goddamn holy hell is this episode two and a half fucking hours long? Oh, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a two and a half hour finale. Thank God it's not going to be rushed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, God. It's like, and here I was, it's like, they, here I was thinking the opposite thing. I was like, they, they have nothing to do. What, what, what are they going to do for two and a half hours? They had better fucking justify this. They are going to make me which, cry for two and a half hours. That's what they did. Oh, which, <laughs> that's what we're going to get into, is uh, whether or not it was justified. And the answer from myself and possibly Austin may shock you um or maybe not so let let, let let's get into it briefly because i i want to keep the floor open more for general discussion because a lot happens in this oh yeah a, a, a lot happens in this season so it's best to like keep general discussion the longest so um we will start with austin austin my guy what what were your thoughts on stranger things season four Season 4, Volume 1, is one of the most incredible Spielberg-ass television series I've ever seen on a streaming platform. It won me over the moment somebody's eyes exploded and continued to top itself with each new episode. When I got to Episode 7 for the first time, I couldn't believe it was going to be a whole month. I needed to see the rest. Volume 1 was so good, it made other shows feel shitty by comparison. It made the Obi-Wan show look like dollar store television. I, I, was, I was feeling dysphoria the whole time I was waiting for Volume 2 to come out. Volume 1 was so expensive, so well done, so much more badass than any of the other seasons. For years, I have been inundated with PG-13 pop culture tentpoles. You know, Marvel, Star Wars, James Bond... Uh, bullet holes with gray blood, explosions that make people disappear, uh, monsters that throw people around like it's WWE. And uh, this show comes out swinging with its weird Stephen King brutality, and I am saved. People are smoking pot, kids are getting killed from the first second of episode one, the gloves came off, and I was here to see it. And that twist at the end was authentically a pleasure to see. They wrote the shit out of this show. But, you know... It had minor downsides. Kind of like that that prison plot didn't do as much for me as the other stuff. Kind of felt like a speed bump watching everybody be miserable in Russia for nine episodes. 
Uh, then they had the idea that, uh, that going back to the jail so they could kill the monsters was the most, like, LSD-brained idea of all time <laughs> coming from these middle-aged 1980s people. Volume 2, in general, was a fine enough finale. They had all-time great moments, like Eleven fucking downing a helicopter, and, of course, Eddie's concert. The whole way it played out was very exciting. Until that stupid two-days-later card popped up. Oh, I had a stroke. I show. I had to pause it. I was like, no, you're kidding. Like, I had to pause it and, <laughs> like, get myself back together after that. <laughs> I, I I think it's safe to assume that everybody here paused it because I, <laughs> I did the same thing and just like loudly screamed, "No! Why?" They had, they had me roped all the way in. I was sixty feet in the hole, and they fucking two days later. What? No! Everything has been mostly real time up until that point, and they hit us with the fucking and then card. It was insane. Overall, though, part one basically did the impossible and made me a huge fan of the series from here going forward. Part two may be better than I'm able to see right now, considering it's setting up the actual finale happening next time. But I'm glad that they turbocharged the show and gave everything more dramatic weight. Back to you, Joe. All right. Tony, as the more optimistic one here... uh... (laughs) with all the pre stuff tell us what 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 did you think uh of stranger things um i definitely ate that up i ate it up so much i watched it i remember like the settings the way that i like consumed this season is so odd like the time the weekend that it the first volume came out I was on vacation, so, like, I met, like, this beach house in California, and the minute we get home from doing everything, I'm like, nobody talk to me, I have to go binge Stranger Things in my room, (laughs) and then, and then, Volume 2 comes out, and that day, I have my friends coming over for the 4th of July, I have to stay up and binge it, because I didn't know if they had seen it, and it is, like, nine in the morning i'm finishing the finale i'm crying on my bathroom floor and (laughs) and it's like and i'm like i have people coming over in an hour like (laughs) but volume one was so good i think my one of my favorite scenes in probably almost anything ever is obviously the running up the hill scene like I just felt changed after that, but I just think this season they had a good grasp, better grasp of, like, how to deal with the group not being all together, because I feel like they did that in season three, but this season was kind of like, oh, we got that, like, down to a T now, and we don't have to worry about, like, using one story too much kind of thing, and... Yeah, and volume two, I really liked. I get how it was kind of, like, un- a little underwhelming, but I I don't think that's entirely the show's fault because they were all like, oh, five people are going to die. And everyone thought that that was going to be, like, all these kids. When, in reality, it was like, Mm, you see Jason get like split in half. It's like, does that count? <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I've got some things to say about Jason. Oh my <laughs> lord! But yeah, <laughs> like 
but I really liked it. I thought the two days later thing was like annoying, but I do think that it was good setup kind of being like, I, I thought the ending was like, it was satisfying enough. Like I didn't feel like cheated out of anything really. So <laughs> that's what's important. Yeah, that's what's important is seeing Hopper and Eleven hug. At oh, the end and bawling! Complete. Oh my goodness, so good. Totally. Uh, all right. Now that we got that out of the way, I'll try and speed through this so we can get through a general discussion. Um, I loved it. It, it, it yeah. was. It it, it uh, I had zero expectations going in, so uh, of course they uh, uh, succeeded my expectations and and then some. Uh, I I love this show again. I, I I now feel comfortable enough to put up that poster of season one back up in my room. Uh, the the this show has officially come back into my life. Uh, for starters, I, I, I should mention this. Uh, so I, I'm happy that I did that binge of seasons one, two, and three before actually watching season four. Because Christ Almighty, trying to fill the void that was my X-Files binge after I had finished that has been difficult. <laughs> like, dear fucking God, it's been difficult just trying to fill the void that the X-Files has left behind. Um, so just following up it up with science, another science fiction show uh, <clears throat> definitely helped it out. Didn't completely quench my thirst, though, because uh, it's a significantly shorter show. Yeah. Sadly. Uh, God, if it were nine seasons, I probably, I probably would have been able to be satisfied. Um, but yeah, no. Um, overall, I think the, the filmmaking and writing are top-notch here. The, easily the best season since season one. I agree. Um, I go back and forth on which season I like more, actually. I, I have a hard time figuring out which, which one it, it, it goes the, the same thing goes for my my favorite episode of the show which goes back and forth between dear billy and uh season one episode six the monster which i argue turned that show into something special um i i go back and forth on which one i think is the better one um i i cannot fucking decide um because I, I would argue both those episodes are positive turning points for the show. Um, the, the Emmys dropped recently. Uh, not a single acting nomination, which is oh. a bunch of fucking bullshit. Literally. I have uh, a take on the acting. We'll get to it after you're done. But uh, All right. Um, I, I, I think, for the most part, most of the acting is fairly solid. Um um, there, there's definitely a couple of uh, performances I felt were lacking, but I think most of the performances that were lacking also weren't helped by some of the writing. I, 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 I think there are certain plot points that don't hit as strong. Uh, uh, unlike Austin, I did like the prison stuff. 
Um, uh. But I also, but I'm also a sucker for a good prison heist. Um, for me, I, I think the weakest story plot of all of this is everything to do with Mike, Will, Jonathan, and Argyle. I, I, I was not as into that. Um, you mean you mean you don't like hearing the same Rasta song <laughs> ten times? Dear fucking god. Um, yeah. That song that, is a brain worm, but in like the best way. <laughs> um, and I'll probably get into one of the characters I mentioned a little bit later, and just my overall feelings on them. But um, the like the three big like major stories that have like some significance to what's like going on in the overall arc so like the the group back in hawkins 11 in the lab and the the prison setting all of those i felt were strong um i i I think the use of music is also stronger this season it's a lot less remember the 80s and i think i think part of that is because um the Duffers took a, a note out of James Gunn's uh, uh, writing and uh, actually, like, used a song as they were... like They actually planned out and purposefully used a song, which understandably has become the, the biggest meme of the summer. Um, we're, we're, we're probably going to talk about that, but yeah. Overall, I, love, I loved it. Uh, there, there's de- It's definitely not... Uh, flawless but it's pretty damn close um so we're now just gonna open up the floor for general discussion and we'll just we'll go on for a little bit longer i do have one fun question we'll kind of save it for later but let's get through this we we got a lot of stuff to cover (laughs) yeah like you mentioned the acting and the music and i have like my little set of notes but I think this has the best soundtrack out of all of the seasons. Like, handpicked songs, not like the score. But I think right. it has the best soundtrack because it has it has the rock, it has the pop songs that everybody knows. It, like, just has everything. And it has the most songs that I have just had on repeat ever since, like, the show's finished. And on the acting thing, this has been in the back of my head since I finished it. But there's so much acting going on that no one is recognizing. I feel like out of all of the kids, not like Steve and Nancy in like that age range, but like the original kids, I think that Dustin, Lucas, and Will are the best actors Max, yes, too, but I think those three are the under are the most underrated. You know, I've I've always I've always championed Caleb McLaughlin. Uh, ever since, uh, let's be honest, he he's specifically along with Gate and Maserat. Uh, Maserat, God, these kids have weird last names. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- those two specifically stole that first season um, with their acting. Um, oh, they were so cute. Then, d- Oh, they were and so just funny. kind of like, and just continue to evolve since. Um, n- nothing against Finn Wolfhard, but he- he's definitely the weaker of like of the main four group of kids. What is it? Dustin gets that scene with Eddie's father oh. at the end in the storm shelter, oh. 
and that was absolutely devastating. I did not think after everything that happens with Max that they could whack me upside the head again, and him talking to Eddie's father and talking about how he died valiantly fighting an earthquake. It, it, it rocks. He did so good. That, as well as, you know, being paired with when he's around, he's the only person with Eddie when he's dying. That kid, that kid really sells it. What is he, 20? He fucking killed it. Yeah, it's, oh, it's crazy. And it's like, it's like, I never want to see, he did it so good that I, like, never want to see another sad Dustin scene again. Because I don't think I would be able to emotionally handle it. <laughs> His lip quivers when he's sad. It's, it's disturbing. It's, it's horrifying. <laughs> Ah, I, I'm crying. We're all crying. <laughs> they God. did our poor boy dirty. Out of all of the, because uh, they have that like rent a character shit going on in Stranger Things, like Bob and Billy, they always have to sacrifice someone who's not from the main group, and often it's from someone that's introduced in the season. Out of all of those, Eddie is uh, at the top of the mountain. No contest. Oh, he's perfect. I love that guy. He's perfect. So I, I have I have a very interesting take with Eddie. I did not know how to feel about him for most of the show really? until the very end. I, I, I feel like he clicked. I also think because I like I, I love volume one so much. I watched it all again just to build up to volume two. I, I, I think Eddie has like officially clicked for me. Yeah, no, he, he's top of the list of characters that they introduced just to kill off. And man, man, oh man, that man dies like a hero. And uh, God makes. Did me... you believe that was a wig? I didn't know that was a wig. Oh yeah, I saw the like little video where it's like him putting it on. Like it's so weird. <laughs> that was a wig. Yeah. I thought he was just that hot. Damn. I thought he was that normally. God, I I thought it was all natural. Uh, that that hair. Uh, so I guess props to the makeup department, oh, which gosh. for ev- everything, for everything in this season. Yeah, let let's be uh, okay. Speaking of makeup, do, do we want to talk about Vecna? Oh, who is a- another one of the standouts of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ve- Vecna is easily the best monster of the show. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> another one of the acting standouts. Uh. I think I think that actor. I, I mean, he's been in other things, but I think he's going to get a lot of uh, a lot of leading roles after this. I think, if, yeah, like I know him from Sweeney Todd and Mortal Instruments, so I was like, oh my gosh, it's that guy. <laughs> I was going to say it's like I I, I looked him up. Uh, uh, it's Jamie Campbell Bower. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Did yeah, the right? Twilight guy. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say from the Volturi and Twilight. He's gonna say I looked him up and I'm like, oh, he, he, he's been in some big stuff and like, oh, th- this is like his real. <laughs> this is his big chance to shine here, and he 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 gives this uh, the dramatic weight that you need to give your uh, big villain for the season, um, and I I am now on a I'm I, I'm on this campaign. I think if, because I know uh, the West Craven's estate is like actively taking pitches for Nightmare on Elm Street reboots. What? I if you can't get Robert Englund back, get get Jamie Campbell Bower to play him. See, that's so funny because I heard that Robert Englund was going to be in this show forever ago, 
And I thought when Vecna like came up on screen, I'm like, oh, that's him. Like, that sounds like him. And then four <laughs> episodes later, I'm like, wait, that wasn't Robert Englund this whole time. <laughs> you know, I had I had the same uh, the same thought because I only watched the trailer like once because re- remember, I, I was just like, oh, just get this over with already. Um, and I, I, I also I also remember him getting cast Um like there was like something when I was when I used to be on Facebook, like somebody had shared an article. Oh, Robert Englund's going to be in Stranger Things, and I'm like, not even fucking Freddy can get me back to watch this. Um, well, he did, and you know what? That um, here's here's the thing about the Emmys. I, I think as far as them skipping out on uh, acting, I think that's a whole ton of bullshit. But my God, Robert Englund deserved best guest appearance. Oh yeah. I don't know how he good, didn't get that. Good fucking God. Like, he's only in it for one episode and maybe, like... Five minutes? 15, I was like, five, ten minutes at most, and he just takes your attention. Um, and also, that, that, that scene, as, as a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan, in a very roundabout way, um, Freddy got to reunite with Nancy. Uh, when, when, when you really think about it. <laughs> Because that, cause that's the name of the final girl in Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. And oh, also that's the name hilarious. of Natalia Dyer's character. Okay. <laughs> okay, you got me there. I love that. And, that's and, and you cute. Know, and you know what? If he if he never comes back, uh, you know what? I'm at least satisfied with that. <laughs> um, God. Um, Real quick thing with the soundtrack. Uh, they ripped off Watchmen, or they paid homage to Watchmen. <laughs> Um, what, who is that guy? Philip Glass, the composer? Right. When I heard that, that song from the Dr. Manhattan flashback come on over the flashback of what was hap- happening with Henry, I was like, oh, all right, steal from the best, I guess. <laughs> there we go. Never thought those two movies would intersect in any way. <laughs> yeah. It was neat. I, I, I remember that happening, and then I immediately, like, texted Tanner. It's like, so, uh, not, not only is Stranger Things a big old Nightmare on Elm Street homage, they, they, they pay tribute to Watchmen, and then he's like, "Comics or movie?" And I'm like, "Movie." And he's like, "The fuck is going on this season?" Stranger Watchmen. God, he, he actually tried to be on this podcast. Um, he was gonna binge watch the show starting last night and to try and be on it today. Um, what What do you mean you can't watch 14 plus hours of Stranger Things in a day? He was gonna get started at like eight o'clock last night. And watch as many as he could, but then he realized, oh, uh, I would actually have to take off work to actually watch this. So she's barely in it. How do we all feel about Chrissy? Because that's when we're all getting into it, you know? Yes. Okay. I think it's so interesting how they decided to kill her first, and then they were like, oh, wait, we like her with Eddie. Let's have them have a scene. And then they regret killing her. Like... Just, you're, you can do that again. You don't have to kill her. Just do it again. Like, give her the Joe Keery treatment. Just let her live. It was, it was just so sweet because I, I really like when they subvert the like tropes of like high school things. And I thought it was so cute how like you've got just, you got the D and D metalhead and the cheerleader. Like that's just so sweet, and the fact that they're like just being nice to each other. 
Yeah, you don't see that I, a lot in in media, especially media that like talks about like stuff in the eighties. Yeah, like, it, nice. it, it's always just like they don't talk to each other, and then it's they like play it up. Yeah, they, they they play it up, and then in this show, it's like they it's like they have like a really sweet moment with each other, and it's one of the standout episode like moments of the show. Probably that episode, actually. That that is a difficult question. Is standout moments from episode one alone because there's a lot. The um, probably that's the one with the um, bas- with the D and D session and the the, yeah, I like I that a say, lot. Erica <laughs> fucking coming in to just sweep the floor. Um, I I think that's that that's like a light disappointment. Not enough, Erica. Uh, Good especially, point. Especially after season three, where she was like one of the standouts. She's uh, just so funny. Like, it's like when she's on screen, you just know you're going to start. You're going to laugh at some point, and I think that's like, it's just fun. <laughs> you're going to laugh, and she is going to get shit done. Like, she, uh, good god, she took a dude out with a flashlight. That is, you know, they they take you to the lowest pit. Uh, everyone's about to fucking die, and then she whacks a dude with a flashlight. Yeah. Fucking, um, her in the beginning, rolling that nat 20 and defeating Vecna in the game, made me more optimistic for the finale in the month leading up to us getting episodes 8 and 9. I was like, oh, well, what if they're just gonna parallel what happens? What if there's a dunk at the last minute? And, uh, that's good writing, because I I, I was never gonna expect Hawkins getting torn open from four different places. Yeah, someone, uh, yeah. Stranger Things, Infinity War, sorry. <laughs> someone mentioned how the number, I don't know if you guys saw this, but, like, the number that Dustin rolls is an 11, and that's not enough to defeat Vecna. So that kind of, like, foreshadows that. And I thought that Son was super cool. Son of a bitch. <laughs> they're, 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 they're really relying on... Um... Uh, on Dungeons and Dragons for their villains, because I, I I've also heard the theory that um, the next like big villain that they probably will call upon is going to be based off of uh, Cass. Like, I I, th- I think that's what it's called, but it's like the like the penultimate like big villain of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I was thinking I, of something different. Which I guess is uh, it's hinted at in Will's painting because it's a three-headed dragon. I was thinking yeah, of the. What, are you guys... <laughs> what is this? Austin's confused. <laughs> so, um, all, all of the villains of Stranger Things are named after Dungeons and Dragons villains. Like the Demogorgon's okay. a real thing in Dungeons and Dragons. The Mind Flayer is a real thing in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> And you're and you're just sitting there like this is why I'm not a fantasy guy. <laughs> I, you know, I thought it was kind of dumb when they called Henry Vecna for the whole season. Now you've just now now that I know retroactively that dumb thing has been happening the whole time. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I'm conflicted now. So who was the D and D monster it was supposed to be based off of? Who did you think it was? Taz was it? Yeah. Well, that's the. Have you heard the Eddie Cass theory? Have you heard? Okay, so I think they mention it, like, at some point, but basically Cass 
was in D&D. I could be getting this wrong. No one attacked me. But Cass was a guy, who a hero who got turned into a vampire by bats and became Vecna's right-hand man. So that's a theory that that's what's going to happen oh, to no. Eddie. <laughs> no! No! <gasps> that's the only, literally, I'm like, if I just, I just want to see Eddie next season. That's it. <laughs> like, I don't care. God. But... <laughs> I, I, I want to see him next season, too, but Christ on a bike, they wrote that poor kid into a corner. Literally. Like, how was he going to get out of that? Ugh. Um... Like, like a, a, after they had defe- defeated Vecna, how how were they gonna get him out of that? That that's you 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 gotta you either have to be really creative or you just gotta kill him off. And I guess there was nothing in the creative pool to keep him around. I mean, you, you frame Jason for the whole thing. That's how you get literally. out. Literally, you, you know what? He would have deserved it. Because <laughs> my my God, I <sighs> so man oh man, there there have been people defending Jason. On uh, on TikTok, I think <laughs> I've seen that, and I'm like, mm. they were like, oh, but but he was trying to avenge his girlfriend, and how is he supposed to know about the upside? He assaulted children, literally, he like fucking riled the town up into an angry mob. That okay? <laughs> let's talk about that because I was like, oh, like it's kind of interesting because it's like you get where Jason's coming from. But that doesn't mean that it's justified. Like, you understand it, but you're like, but don't do that. And then yeah, he's like, like, this is the devil's work. It's like, and then all the parents are like, yeah, let's go get these kids. What? <laughs> and then I I was so excited because the way all of the moms were looking at each other, I'm like, ooh, they're gonna save their kids, they're gonna get stuff done. No. Didn't happen. But maybe maybe season poor, five. I don't know. They're leaving poor Caravawano out, <laughs> out of all of this. That, that was like my biggest thing about uh, watching seasons one, two, and three before uh, season four is I, I would always like, because I, I, I do not skip the opening credits for Stranger Things because I just love the theme that much. Like, nice. every time, Caravawano is, like, listed in, like, the main cast, not in, like, the also starring or, and, and also featuring. It's like, no, she is, like, a part of the main cast, and then she's hardly in the show. Yeah, she got um, a character poster for this season. That's why everyone was kind of, like, <laughs> theorizing, and I was like, why'd Karen get a poster? <laughs> oh my god, she, like, the, the? They, they, they pulled a Slipknot from Suicide Squad with her. <laughs> 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 God, just remember that they they released Suicide Squad and then Slipknot got like he got T-shirts and he got his own character poster and then he just gets killed off. <laughs> she has a really good agent, like the best agent. She's got a really good PR team. <laughs> but yeah, no, Caravalano just being like the, the biggest trooper for just not having anything to do in any of these seasons. They just completely fucking take her name out of the credits for season four. Like, oh, uh, man, Charlie Heaton. 
Charlie Heaton also barely had anything to do this season. And you know this funny story from 2017 about him getting arrested with possession of cocaine. So I thought it was it was almost kicked off the show. And so I learned that today doing research for this. And w- when I was like, oh, so they made, he's, a, he's a drug he's a drug guy this season. That's fucking hilarious. Not only is he back on the show, but they're forcing him to show up to set and pretend to be a stoner now. <laughs> It's very, it's a kind of like a funny hazing in in, in a certain respect. <laughs> God, yeah. But he is delegated to my basket of characters that they did not write to the, you know, they did not write this guy to eleven. Kind of like, I'm sorry, but Will, the bowl cut man. I I uh, I appreciate his scene in the car. I get, I get it. He's gay. I'm <laughs> fucking. I, I'm bi, I don't know, I have a husband, but fucking, he's, it's just, they didn't give him enough scenes! They yeah. didn't fucking do enough with him! It's, is, is that wrong? No, it's well, very frustrating. Sorry. No, you're good. I was just gonna say, yeah, it's like, everyone wants more of this character. I don't understand how he goes in, literally, like, season two, being, the, one and two being the center of the show, and then just like, oh, who's Will? I don't know who that is. Like, they f- they forgot his birthday. I keep be- oh seeing my people gosh. posting that. Yeah. Is, what what is that? God. Uh. Yeah that 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 that's been one of my like biggest kind of gripes with the show is like poor Noah Schnapp is like giving that character his all. But yes. The writing has one hundred percent always failed him. Like, he, he's used as the catalyst for season one. Like, that that's the whole thing, is where's Will Byers, and he's barely in the show because of it. <clears throat> season two is, um, like, he's possessed by some uh, upside-down demon, and they, they, they do enough to make that character still likable, and he actually has stuff to do there. Season three is, I think, the moment they should have, like... <clears throat> really upped his character because it starts off with like a great premise like this poor kid who's just been abducted or possessed for like two seasons now he's not had like the opportunity to like live like a full like happy childhood and like all of that's like ripped away from him and now he's a teenager and all of his friends are off getting girlfriends and are more interested in that and he just wants to hang out with his friends and he feels left out like that that is a great like set up for some character stuff but then he gets regulated to the guy who's like oh i feel the upside down they're on their way yeah <laughs> my spider senses he- <laughs> oh my god the, 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 they made him the spider sense oh, and god. then this this season they just i they i don't know what they're doing with them they, they didn't they do- just He's there to stand around and watch other people have trouble like he's he's just kind of there to watch l get bullied and make a face it's. I, I, hmm. uh, spe- speaking of Al getting bullied, we, 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 Angela! Oh my God, we got we to talk about Angela. Uh, oh my <laughs> lord! I I no joke. When L, when I watched L fucking smack this bitch in the face with a roller skate for the first time, I no joke. Like I was cheering. Yes. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> I, I was just screaming "fuck yeah" at my TV. Like I was hyped. It was so and, good. And 
I, I feel like a bad person, but because of that flashback in season one and the little disclaimer, I, I kept saying whenever Elle didn't have her powers, I was like, maybe she's going to go school shooter mode now. Oh, no. Uh, Des like, please get your powers back. What? It, it really made my husband upset. But I was like, yeah, she's going to go school shooter mode on Angela and then cracked her with a roller skate. And uh, then it shows, like, hours later, she's just sitting there, like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, get the fuck out of there! What are you doing? That was, that was strange. Kids from Hawkins don't know how to, don't know how to bail. Oh, my gosh. They don't know how to cover up a crime. That reminds me. Fucking. Like, so you've got, like, in that scene, whenever she just whacks her with the roller skate, and Mike's like, what did you do? What do you mean, what'd she do? She just got humiliated in front of, like, 50 people. <laughs> he saw it! He saw and it And he did happen. nothing? Oh my god! God, like, Mike, oh. what, what do you do? Instead of just, like, just screaming Go at her. Go try to turn just, the music off? Just, 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 just fucking get her out of there, Mike. What the hell? Yeah. They fought demons together, and they can't handle some girl from California? Like... He almost got. He almost fell off a cliff, and he she levitated him out of there. I think they can handle a roller rink, right? Yeah. I literally have in my notes that I wanted to talk about how much I hate Mike. Like, ooh, let's go. Let's hear it. Oh my gosh, because you have season one and two. He's so likable. He's so nice. He's just like, oh, I just, I'm like. I like this girl L, but like I also just want my best friend back. Like that's it. And then season three, he's out here like it's not my fault you don't like girls. Why would you say that? And then it's like this whole season, all he does is talk about, oh my gosh, I miss L. I miss L. I she's the only thing I care about. My life didn't start until she came into my life when my best friend went missing. Like. Why would you say that to him? Imagine hearing that. Like, but best friend Mike is just gone for seasons three and four. No, he's it's, awful. It's terrible. Yeah, like uh, goodness. Well, uh, it was, I, I, it was also surreal because I don't know anyone in real life who would act this way. There were a couple of things in the writing that reminded me of real life a lot, like a cheerleader trying to buy ketamine. But then fucking Mike would not say I love you. And it was so frustrating because I watch people around me do that all the time when less is at stake. And he was just dancing around it like it's his decision to join the military or something. It's like, dude, say the words. <laughs> and it paid off in the last episode. But I was I was just like, I. it was very frustrating leading up to them watching him dance around that. Yeah. And probably you know compounded by the overall shittiness you were just talking about yeah it's just i don't know why they made his character that unlikable like how because it's one thing to have him change since he got with 11 because that like makes sense but the fact that they just make him so just mean like not even like evil just like a mean person it's just like why like you want to root for this guy <laughs> he's one of the main literally he's been on the show forever uh, you know who you know who they did like just boost to the sky you know who they made a lot better murray oh, let's murray. give it up for the big guy murray god 
Love, love that man. Die for that man. <laughs> that man I'm lifting this from a roll. <laughs> I'm lifting this from a Reddit Reddit comment, but uh, Murray is much braver now that he has a black belt. As he said in the show, he's beaten at least one teenager, which puts him on par with some of the villains from this show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good point. And now that, that, that man must have uh, the, the heart of a lion and, uh, and uh, I don't know, balls of steel or something, because that man took on the Russian army. <laughs> and then a fucking demogorgon. That him with the flamethrower felt just very like cathartic. I was like, oh, this is the moment that he's been waiting for his whole life is to have a flamethrower. <laughs> God, yes. Um, how how did everyone feel about Yuri? I was surprised. Daddy dies, but Yuri doesn't. That yeah, was, uh... that I, I I was honestly confident that Yuri was gonna get axed off in some capacity, but nope. Not like we have deep character analysis for Yuri. I was just... Stranger Things always does that thing where they're like, here's a character that you don't like at all. And then no matter what, at the end, a lot of the time, up until probably Jason, they're like, psych, he's okay. He's a nice guy. Get, get off our backs. And they did that with Yuri. Just fucking uh, Enzo is just like, hey, I thought you were cool once. And Yuri's like, yeah, I used to be cool. And then it's fucking good from there. It's surprising. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yuri was, I thought he was, he was one of those characters that every time he came on screen, I was like, I want to turn this off just because how much I hate him. But <laughs> not because he was badly written. I just hate him. But, and then, <laughs> but like, <laughs> he was funny and like the turnaround at the end wasn't awful. I don't think, but it's like sure whatever have him be there it's nice <laughs> it's nice to see the ragtag group work together after all that dysfunction <laughs> but uh he put winona rider in danger and that's an unforgivable sin for real poor winona rider yeah. all she wants to do is get with hopper that's all she wants uh. That's all I want. <laughs> when they started to do it, I was like, go. You have surprised me so many times. Put a sex scene in this show. <laughs> they and then the phone and rings. they're in a church. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I mean, what better place to do it? <laughs> oh, at least they got to kiss. At least they didn't pull a stranger things and kill them before they confessed their feelings. Oh, at least we have that. <sighs> Uh, oh. It's just that clip from uh, God, I think, I think it's the Star Quest, the MMORPG. Just hell, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> the second that they kiss. Uh, uh, I, I guess to prompt uh, up another question for general discussion. Uh, what's everyone's favorite episode this uh, this season? Ooh. Um. Uh. Is there any other answer? I think this is the one. Is this it, Dear Billy? It's Dear Billy. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. Four. I'd say four. I'm just a very indecisive person. So I'll just say four and the piggyback solely for the fact that we get that concert scene that I was yes. just waiting for. <laughs> like, God, the, the, the piggyback is a very close second for me, but... Man, oh man! I think the writing is just so on point with uh, with Dear Billy, like the 
that's also well for starters that is the moment when the conflict really gets amped because that that's the episode where uh enzo gets discovered uh winona Ryder and murray uh are incapacitated Hop, uh hopper gets caught after his escape attempt the army fucking catches up with mike and the gang um and th- they're just trying to keep Max alive uh, out in Hawkins. And good fucking God, thank God that they didn't kill her off, because... <sighs> like, the-, the second that she comes out of the Upside Down, I don't think I, like, had, like, a greater sigh of relief. Like, mm-hmm. the-, the tension that was just building in that episode. It was just nice to have something good happen for a change. <laughs> oh my God. I, uh, I, I cried. My, uh, my husband is less into Stranger Things than me, and he cried. We were both just kind of sitting there quietly, just like, how do we tell each other? And then I look over, and it's like, you know, wet eyes. And I was like, holy fuck, this isn't just me. That was, uh, that was insane. That was, I, I, I can't think of something on Netflix that's as good as that. I'd have to think for a second. That final scene of Dear Billy. God, I, Jesus. I cried too. Um. And honestly, I think that this has done Sadie Sink so much fucking justice. Um, This just one episode alone has skyrocketed her to one of my favorite characters when originally she was, like, kind of lower tier. I I didn't think much else of her outside of just, oh, yeah, I like her just fine. Uh, Wait, what do you mean? You didn't like All Too Well? Or All That Well? I was mostly just meaning like her in Stranger Things. But she's good She's good in that music video. Um, but <laughs> oh it, my gosh. It, it, it catapulted Max to being one of my favorite characters, for starters. Uh, there, there's a lot that I can relate to just with... I'm not going to get into details about it, but um, just a lot of my mental health issues lately that I can kind of relate to it. Also, just Sadie Sink's acting this season, it's criminal that she's not nominated for an Emmy. Yes, exactly. I, 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 I think, um, and I've had this discussion with, uh, with my best friend before, um, and I've talked about um, just, like, quality of, like, character, character writing and acting, and I've always been a, a firm believer that, for starters... Steve is the best character of the entire show, and I'll probably get into that later. Um, but each season outside of Joe Keery um, has um, at least one other standout actor. Uh, for me, like, just kind of going in order, it's uh, season one, it's Caleb McLaughlin for uh, his portrayal as Lucas. I think he's acting circles around a lot of the actors in that season. Season two... Um, it's the actor that played um, that played uh, Billy. I, I think he's the standout of that season. Uh, see, season three, Maya Hawk. Love this her. season. I would say this season. I would say Sadie Sink is like the other standout actor of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think like she just steals it. She gets like a whole episode just basically dedicated to her, and yeah. I, I, I wish I had more to say about uh, Sadie Singh's performance, but it, it's it's up there for me. Uh, I, I mentioned Joe Keery, and Austin gave a look. <laughs> do, do, do we want to talk about Steve? We all like Steve. We all like Steve. We all love right? Steve. 
This is a Steve, Steve Harrington household. <laughs> Steve has like continued to just constantly be the best character of the show because for for some reason the writers have just given him so much growth. Like every season, I feel like that character is just growing. Um, it's a, a funny moment because I you know I can talk about loving Steve all day, but there was this really uh funny moment where they wrote him where he talks to Natalia Dyer and says I want to have six babies six and I'm just little staring nuggets. at this like 100 pound woman and I'm just like don't don't fucking tell this woman you're gonna have six babies it was, it was fucking I mean he has confidence I gotta give him that but fucking that, that scene in the van was so silly because it also gave me that um that Simpsons joke about the cops who talk about their like three days from retirement and get shot they call it <laughs> retirene uh, how someone in war is, like, showing pictures of their family and then they get fucking destroyed. Uh, I was getting major vibes when Steve was doing that and reading, like, threads and stuff. A lot of people pre- seemed the most scared that Steve was gonna die in that last, those last two episodes. God, I was terrified Steve was gonna bite it. Yes! M- m- it, I think part of it was because everyone was like, oh, Steve is gonna die at the end of this. Like, everyone was confident he was going to die at the end of it. And I'm like, no! Don't, don't get rid of the best thing of the show, damn it! I feel like, I don't know, like, I, once he didn't die at the end of season four, I think, I'm thinking, I'm like, I think he's gonna bite it in season five. I don't know why. I just think, I think it's like, it'll close it off, like, he'll get his, like, full redemption arc i don't know i just yeah <laughs> if they're gonna kill him off that's probably the best place to kill him off even though yeah. i don't like it damn it oh my god yeah that's that's like watching someone get struck out when they're like two seconds away from home base he makes it to just the end of the fifth season and then it's like bye hairdo <laughs> fucking out of here oh, man that's gonna suck he was beautiful yeah god. uh that. Oh god, that that whole Jonathan and uh, Nancy relationship thing—that was kind of a headache. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not a fan that they've now turned this into a love triangle. Um, and I, I I say this as someone who talks about the OC a lot, um, and that show's full of love triangles. <laughs> um, but for for some reason, it just did not sit well for me here. Um, Especially because they honestly didn't really do that much with Jonathan and Nancy this season. Nope. Uh, Nancy gets to hang out with Steve and and kind of fall back in love with Steve. And then Jonathan is in the exact same fucking places he started, except he talked to his brother now. Which is cool. That scene pulled at the heartstrings. But he went nowhere. He didn't have an arc. He's still just some high dude. It was It was weak, man. But fucking Argyle was there, and uh, he got to make out with a Mormon chick in a van while they were hotboxing. Which, uh, how about those Mormons? That was a, that was a fun segment. <laughs> that, that was a fun segment, and I, I wish there was a little bit more of, uh, of Susie this season. I thought we were going to get more. Uh, but... Oh, you want her to sing Neverending Story? No, again? no, <laughs> I don't want that to happen for? again. <laughs> it's like, that, that character was kind of likable up until that point. I was just like, nah, just give her more. Let, let, let's get to know this character. And then we we, we got n- nuggets of it, but not enough. How? Yeah. Um, but you, you mentioned Argyle. Can I can I mention my hot take for this season? I don't like Argyle. You love Argyle, right? I, I don't like Argyle. 
I, I, on, <laughs> I honestly kind of thought he was annoying. <laughs> Listen, Joe, I've got just the thing for this. You'll understand. It's called Purple Palm. <laughs> <laughs> it's all your troubles. Fade away. God. Uh, I loved you know, Argyle. I'm glad other people... I'm I'm glad other people like him. That, that that's awesome. I, I I just don't think a lot of the humor that stuck with like that was dedicated to that character hit for me. Uh, he might have laughed. Uh, he he might have gotten me to laugh maybe once or twice, but he he was just not for. You know what? Maybe it's just because he hugged Mike out of nowhere when when he got off the plane, and I'm just. I'm probably just like frustrated because I would be pissed if somebody did that to me. Joe, um, he's he's supposed to be the one with sixty pounds of salt, not you. <laughs> <laughs> but that 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 is just my my hot take for the uh, for the season is I I I'm not on board with everyone falling in love with Argyle. But if you guys have anything else to say about Argyle, bring it on. I like him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am alone in not liking Argyle, and that's that, that's okay. I'm, not, I'm okay but, with that. It was a little refreshing having a newbie coming along, especially since stuff with like the external, like the government, ramped up so much in this season. Having a newbie along to react with fresh eyes to the horrible shit that these kids see on a regular basis. Because, you know, he's rolling with it, he's a high person, so he's like, yeah, I can do stuff. And then he sees, like, a dead body for the first time, and he's just like, whoa, pause it, man! And that was kind of that was kind of fun every time that happened. It was, it was a nice contrast to the kids who have basically been to war by this point. Bro chachos. Bro chachos. Yeah, though, though I will okay. say that risotto be schmacking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God, Papa's dead. I thought that guy died. I thought that guy was already dead. I thought he Every died, too. Every time they too. said Papa, i die alone. I forgot he existed. I didn't think he died. I just forgot he existed. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's a character. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought the fucking Demogorgon obliterated his ass in season right. one. Fucking Matthew Modine up out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, it was it was goofy watching him try to carry Eleven. I, 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 can anyone tell me if that was like in the screenplay or if that really was just Millie Bobby Brown being like carry me remember when you used to carry me <laughs> god That's, they've got that fucking cell phone video of that probably just uh, uh roll, rolling his eyes in, in, the, in the back of his mind just thinking, thinking to himself I, I just really wanted to dress up like David Cronenberg again <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that that man uh, he, that man looks like David Cronenberg, and it's he, slightly... David Cronenberg is scary looking. Like he is. <laughs> I saw what he looked like for the first time like a few weeks ago, and I was like, he looks like that. Like he just looks like something from another universe. <laughs> Austin's looking it up. <laughs> He's gotta see what the Cronenberg looks like. <laughs> Let's see. My, okay. <laughs> Whoa, it's like weird David Lynch. It's like David Lynch if he stood in front of a jet engine. That is wild. <laughs> well, the two Davids. Dude, imagine, 
imagine how much fucking pressure it would be to use master puppets in a, in a piece of audiovisual media. You ever think they're just those songs? Like, Stairway's probably the most famous one. It's like, whoever gets to use that first, they better pull it off. Master of Puppets, from what I can tell, is a pretty well-revered song. You don't hear it in a lot of media. Building up to using Master of Puppets, the Duffer Brothers must have been shitting bricks. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that, that's I, If I remember correctly, it, it's one of the, like, the most... Are arguably the most popular metal song ever is Master of Puppets. Oh, uh, jeez. Other than another Metallica hit, which would be Enter Sandman, but, but Ma- Master of Puppets is arguably like one of the most popular metal songs ever. Um, so it would be very hard to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and good God, I remember just seeing all the TikToks from like the the metal side of TikTok being like, up. Oh, get ready all the metalheads are going to be gatekeeping this and i'm like the song is so goddamn popular nobody's gatekeeping it anymore yeah yeah uh, there was just a lot of good filmmaking in this mm-hmm. that's what's surreal about it i don't know how they pulled it off because people were giving netflix shit because this cost 270 million dollars to make was i think the last number i read um that's obscene but Every episode's like a movie. Every episode's like an hour and a half long. But they manage to consistently make it look like expensive, you know, grade-A blockbuster filmmaking. And there was just like... I couldn't believe it when out of nowhere it was just a one with some fucking big mustachio dude blowing away the fucking military while the kids are, you know, kind of walking behind him like ducklings. The show is... They really know how to use the money. Yeah. They, they use their, mu- their budget to uh, the full... The- for me, the big, like, standout moment as far as, like, them using their now just gigantic budget, like, um, to its full advantage is the the Demogorgon pit fight. Because, um, oh, like, yeah. you, you, you go back and you watch season one, and, like, the, like back then it's like, it had, like, a modest budget. It had, like, it had Winona Ryder money, and Winona Ryder's not, like, <laughs> cheap to get. Like, she's a big, well-known name. But, like, they're constantly hiding that Demogorgon in shadows. It's constantly blurry. Um, they're, they're cutting away whenever, like, big action stuff happens. Season four, you see what that thing is capable of. And yeah. it is, it, it's glorious to fucking watch. I think of the, um, uh, all the Vecna kills. Like, the, I was like, oh, we're seeing, like, as I'm, like, thinking as, like, the Chrissy... The Chrissy one was happening for the first time. And I'm like, ooh, her legs are cracking, like, goodness. And then they show her eyes, and I literally, like, jumped back. I was like, they just did that? <laughs> like, because I didn't yeah. get... I didn't get into horror, like, real horror until basically quarantine, like, 2020. And thank goodness I did, because this season, like, they eat it up with the, like, actually scary things. Like. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I, w- I was texting Joe, because this has a TV-14 V-chip, right? And there are, like, you know, the V-chip and the MPAA rating sort of line up. You've got TV-14, which sounds like PG-13, and you've got TVMA, which should be equivalent to R. 
And um, I, I was like, okay, there's no way that, like, the same standards are being applied here to every other TV show. Because this is an R-rated movie. They show shit that would only be in an R-rated oh, movie. Yeah. No fucking 13-year-old would be allowed to watch this in theaters. So I looked it up, and it turns out V-chips are like a voluntary institution that are given out by the networks that broadcast the shows. So it's rigged. It's not like the MPAA, where it's just one body where everything goes through the same fucking filter. It's like, whatever, you know, thing Netflix is a part of was like, you know what? We need the TikTokers to watch it. TV 14. I don't give a shit what you showed in there. TV 14. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I mean... It worked. <laughs> it, it worked. You traumatized a lot the, of people, but it worked. <laughs> this is one of the most talked about shows, and it, it, it paid off for them. Um, I, I feel great for all those 14-year-olds who get to watch fucking people's eyes explode and Jason get ripped in half, all because Netflix wanted money and lied on the V-chip. God bless. God. <laughs> fucking... Make make another TikTok of you standing up on your tiptoes and pretending to float to a song. Let's go. God, they're, 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 they're really going to be clamoring to the show if that's the case, because Netflix's numbers are dropping. Yeah, I listened to, yeah. like, a thing about that, like, the other day. It's... Yeah, I, think, I, I think people are just keeping their subscriptions just for this at this point. Yeah, well, because... What I kind of like, what they were talking, like, I was, it was like another podcast, and they were saying, like, yeah, they're just cranking out, like, these expensive, like, not good movies, and that's what's, like, making people stop subscribing, because all you see is, like, you see, like, they'll release, like, ten movies in a month, but only one is actually good, and, right, and it's, like, and I think I saw something how they're, like, not doing any more of those, like, vanity, expensive vanity, like, director projects. That made me... Uh, I was... I was so happy. I was mention that. I... Yeah. What? No. We need the Irishman, too. We need <laughs> Irishman, too. Come on. I, yeah, that, that, that whole thing just kind of frustrated me. I'm just like, the, the Irishman had, like, the most Oscar... It, it was, like, that and Joker... The, the, the year that those were nominated for Best Picture, those had, like, the most Oscars. Mm-hmm. And, like, The Irishman is both, like, critically well-received and, like, by critics and audiences. Like, pe- people actually watched and liked The Irishman. Um, I... Like, th- th- that's what you should be making. Like, not, not, like, 16 fucking Kissing Booth movies. I oh, my gosh, yeah. I think the focus of Netflix should be more TV and less movies. And they should have the idea of what shows have potential to be developed into more than two seasons. Yes. And then give people, you know, about five of those seasons, maybe more if the showrunners need more than five. But that, like, Breaking Bad proof, five is usually a good cap. Uh, But I think... I think too many people have had, like, a Santa Clarita diet thing happen to them where they get into a Netflix show super hard and then it gets canceled after the first or second season and that made people sort of stop trusting Netflix original TV, probably. Could be a, a one element of what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think that and just, like, now that they've lost their license with Marvel, that was kind of keeping them afloat for a hot minute. Oh, yeah! Oh yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. And, and, and they're on Disney Plus now. That they, they, they went, they went back and uh, got their toys from daycare and took them back home. <laughs> oh yeah, like. And, and, 
Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, but what I was going to say was, like, Netflix can make really good movies. Like, I'm thinking of ending things was so good. I ate that up, and so it's like, they can do good movies, but no, we're just going to throw Ryan Reynolds into everything, all the time. God, like, for Christ's sakes, they, they, they had Michael <laughs> Bay money at one point. My, Michael Bay made a movie for Netflix. Um, Which is really fun to watch on the treadmill. If anyone wants to watch Six Underground, watch <laughs> it on the treadmill like I did. You will have a great time. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weaker Bay film, but it's not terrible. But, like, come on. It's like, s- stop giving us... Uh, Sierra Burgess is still a loser. I don't even think that's a movie. <laughs> no, I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> they actually made a sequel to Sierra Burgess is a loser. Oh, no. They did? I, oh, wait. I, I, oh, I, I thought we were joking. You know what? I'm going to look it up. I don't uh, think they did. I thought everybody hated that. Yeah. Poor well. Barb. <laughs> Port, port, she gets killed <laughs> off, and then the show. And they put takes her in off, this. They, they got nothing else to do for. Uh, oh, what's her face? Let's see, sequel. Uh, uh, no, they have not made uh, a sequel to Ooh. Sierra Burgess as a loser. Okay. Uh, so thank God, but y- y- you know, in the back of their heads, because that was like. Such, like it was talked about on the internet to like in this an insane degree they probably want to yeah um, so th- th- that's why we got like three kissing booth movies and two tall, tall girl, girl movies yeah two tall Good. two girl <laughs> john, john mulaney's clone needed more work so they made another tall girl <laughs> fucking uh Okay, so I made a tweet, because I was in the mode where I was like, fuck Stranger Things, that show is homework. I made a tweet the day it came out, not knowing that the season is like 8,000 hours long, and I tweeted out a bunch of fake spoilers. I was like, wow, I just binged the whole show. Can't believe Hopper got eaten by a bear. And um, (laughs) so I kind of fucked myself publicly, because then later when I watched the show, and to my surprise... Uh, it's really good. I wasn't able to talk about it with anyone because I felt shame because I just dumped out all this bullshit making fun of people uh, because I had no idea. So it's nice actually getting to be able to talk about this show. I have been itching to get these thoughts out into, uh, since this thing was over. That was really solid fucking television. It really was. Yeah. Um, man, do we have any predictions for season five? Do we want to get into that? I think... Now, now that... Now that the town is basically Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what's crazy is because the Duffer Brothers said there's going to be a time skip in season five. Right. Oh, no. How are you going to do that if the town is, like, dissipated? I'm like, are we going to get, like, dystopian Hawkins? Like, what's going on? Because they, I think they also said that... It's going to take place entirely in Hawkins, which, thank goodness, but... Yeah, like keeping it in one location would be a smart idea for your finale. Yeah, and everything in Hawkins is the best. All the characters get to be together. But that's... Indiana rules, but it also means all the characters will be in the same place, which might be nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I just don't know. It's like... 
it's a really good cliffhanger, but I have no clue where it's going, and it's very frightening. The only thing that's the, holding the, me together is that cast theory. Yeah, oh. they've literally opened the floodgates for season five. Uh, they um, they said this thing that turned out to be a lie. They they, they said that uh, Khan wasn't in Star Trek Into Darkness. They said so. Winona Ryder gets big in like 1987 from Beetlejuice. I think that uh, people perceive this as them not fucking around earlier. But they said they can't do the show past the point where Winona Ryder becomes a celebrity in Beetlejuice because it would be too much of a paradox. And so now that they're doing a time skip, either that shit's going to be in 1986, or they're, they were lying. They're going to have the kids exist in a world with Joyce Byers, and then Winona Ryder is going to be doing the fucking shake at the end of that movie on the theater screen. The Duffer Brothers fucked this one up, okay? Zero out of ten. <laughs> God. I don't know. Um, I... I wonder, like, if they're really going to do a time skip, if they'll go 90s. If they'll go, like, please. 90. Because I feel like, because now they're, I think they, they were like, yeah, we want to, like, have the kids actually look like their age and, like, age them up. It's like, I think that would be so, that would be kind of cool. Like, yeah. so. Honestly, get them out of the satanic panic era at this point. That, that... They've honestly done everything that they could with just that whole, like, thing that happened, unfortunately, in the 80s. I I wish they did more with that plot. I was, honestly, I was really scared that in in Volume 4, like, all these kids were gonna get hunted down by these, like, paranoid parents. God. It's like, that, oh that, that, was a sc- that was a scary thought. Just like all these like crazed like Christian parents just grabbing pitchforks just to kill kids because oh Satan. Yeah. Um, which o- o- honestly, I was thinking about this the other day. It, like this is the only time, the only time in media where like the cops are up, like the good people in this. Yeah, they're the they were like Jason, like, shut up. <laughs> just like we, we actually need to like look into this and like actually get evidence before we do anything <laughs> we're, right. we're, we're keeping our guns in our holsters like the, the one like good bit of like cop representation is stranger things where they're actually rational <laughs> <laughs> and of course yeah, hopper this was brooklyn 99 oh yeah yeah hopper the best cop <laughs> when we say a cab we don't mean hopper <laughs> We, we we generally leave Hopper out of that. If <sighs> I just think back to when he he was willing to cut open a kid's corpse for an investigation. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best cop. He's so good at this. God. Ah, <laughs> uh, Hopper, that that that, that man. Love. He's got superpowers now. He I, that that would be a twist if he does. <laughs> um. God, um, I, I'm trying to think of, like, other predictions that I've heard. I've, I've heard people think that Elle's actually gonna bite it. I don't, people are thinking she's not gonna make it. No, gonna I doubt it. A, a, a fucking Sabrina and off the main person. <laughs> Did that happen in Sabrina? I, I highly... Oh, shit, sorry. No, I don't watch it. It's fine. But I was like, yeah, oh, that happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they kill Sabrina in the very last episode. 
She uh she goes to an Apple store heaven. It's heaven that looks like an Apple store. It's amazing. <laughs> what? It, it it has that same sort of 13 Reasons Why thing where it's Netflix putting out a show that would make probably people who want to die be like, oh, death's not that bad. She dies and it's an Apple store, you know, and her boyfriend's there and there's all these gold balloons. It's just, uh, God. it's very silly. But yeah, if if they kill Elle, that, that sounds like a typical nice thing to do, you know, they just avenge the Harry Potter franchise and finally kill off your magical main person. I think that might work. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if who, they'll who do knows? it, though. That they're, that, 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 we, <laughs> I honestly hope that they at least kill at least a couple of these kids off, because they, they, they can't keep, like, dodging death the amount of times that they have. Yes, okay. I, 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 I don't want them to die, but, like, like these... Max dodged a bullet at the end of this. Yes, okay, I want to talk about this. I had this in my notes, so... Like, the whole... Did you hear how, like, Millie Bobby Brown was, like, kind of dissing the Duffer brothers, being like, they don't kill off any of their main characters. And then they were like, well, we're not Game of Thrones. We're Stranger Things. This isn't Westeros. It's Hawkins. And in my head, I'm like, valid. But if you're having your main characters have plot armor, the legitimacy of your show is going downhill. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you have to, like, that's why Dear Billy is so good. Because you're like, oh, this is, like, getting serious now. Like, and you're like, oh, so they are not scared to, like, mess with these kids. But, yeah, that's my thought on it is, you know, don't be scared to do that. Because it will, it can make good TV. (laughs) I, I would agree that that's uh, that just uh, ma- make your characters more vulnerable. They, they can't outrun death the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Joe, yes, Joe, I have to go to the grocery store and my husband's trying to make dinner. Okay. I'm sorry. Could we wind this down? Uh, <laughs> well, gradually? yes, I'm we'll, so sorry. We'll, we'll get to the final question. And then, uh, very quick final thoughts. Uh, the final question that I had is the fun one, because uh, it's just been all over TikTok. Uh, so, if we were in a Vecna situation, uh, we, we know what his weakness is. It's music. If we were in that situation, what what song are you choosing to save you? Like, I think that's a, a very fun question that poses a lot of unique answers. So... Uh, to get him out of the way so he can get out of here, Austin. Uh, what what, what oh. song are you picking to get you out of out of the upside down? Um, either Mr. Tambourine Man by Bob Dylan or Take the Long Way Home by Supertramp. I have loved both of those songs forever. That shit would take me right out of there. Nice, uh, Tony. Uh, what what are your thoughts? Um, I picked a top three because I have a playlist of songs that would save me from Vecna, and it's 15 hours long. So, (laughs) (laughs) so here's my top three. Um, Superstar by Beach House, Choreomania by Florence and the Machine, and either Forbidden Friendship or Test Drive from How to Train Your Dragon. Nice. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I, I, I have three. I'll just name the two uh, that didn't make the number one cut because I actually have a definitive answer. The two that didn't make the cut were Broken by Uncle 
and uh, You're Not Here by Akira Yamaoka, because I love both those songs, and those would be badass to get the hell out of a situation with. But hell yeah. I was thinking about this. Uh, Austin and I are of a certain age, and we remember a very specific Bionicle commercial. My, my pick to get my ass out of the Upside Down is Move Along by the All-American Rejects, because just imagine <laughs> the visual of running out of that shit with that playing in the background. Oh and you know gosh. what? Sure, it's, it's cringe from the late 2000s, but you know what? If, if, if I'm going to pick a cringe band from the late 2000s, my money is always on All-American Rejects. I would take them over Panic at the Disco any day of the week. And yeah, that's a middle finger to Panic fans. Oh my gosh, I uh, remember Bionicle. That's crazy. <laughs> Damn! God, I just had to pull that little memory back. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? I think that is a 100% perfect place to wrap up uh, this episode. Have we pretty much covered anything? Do we want to skip final thoughts so we can get Austin out of here? I have one thing to say as final thoughts. I know Netflix is a a sinking ship today for various reasons, and they already caught some heat for giving us a $270 million budget, but please, I need Netflix to hang in there just a little bit longer. I need the Duffers to get half a billion next time (laughs) so they can completely punch a hole through the fucking universe. Stranger Things is officially great now, and I hope it continues to be that way. (laughs) Hell yeah. That's my piece. All right, Tony, do you have any quick final thoughts? Um... Literally, season four is so good. Um, if you don't like it, you're boring. Sorry. Um, <laughs> literally, just learn to have fun with the show. If you are gonna, like, have fun with Stranger Things while we still have it. Because it's gonna end after this this next season. So, let's enjoy it while we say, have it. I was gonna say, they, they've definitively put their foot down. That next season is where it ends. And you know what? It's a good place to end the show. Uh, I love this season. TV good. We, we say movie good, but for this, it's TV good. Uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> I, I loved it. Uh, you're, you're probably the only one who hasn't watched it if you've not seen this season. Uh, if you've been considering uh, resubscribing to Netflix, just just keep it for this. And yeah, like, like Tony said, let's just enjoy it while we can because... Good God. It, it, it's great again, and I hope they go out with a bang. Mm-hmm. So, that is where we are going to wrap up this wonderful Stranger Things episode-long bonus cast of Stranger <laughs> Things Season 4. Let us know what you thought, if you're, for some reason, watching this on YouTube, because it's just a visualizer. Just let us know what you thought down in the comment section below. What do what, what you guys think of... Uh, this season of Stranger Things. What song would you use to get yourself out of the Upside Down? Comment below, let us know. While you're down there, hit the like button so we know how much you like us. Hit that subscribe button so how much you love us. And hit the bell icon so that you get updates on uh, our latest videos. Uh, Check us out on Apple Music, Spotify. Check out our Twitch page. we don't get monetized on any of those things, so go to our Patreon, give us money, and you know what? We'll give you some awesome content as a result and put your name in the credits and other fun stuff. Um, I, I think that, that that pretty much covers everything that we have, Austin, right? In the outro? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Um, I, I don't know what the next bonus cast will be. I know I've got some 
stuff planned. There's another X-Files vidcast that'll hopefully be out soon. Uh, but yeah, no, thanks again for listening slash watching, and we will see you all later. This one's for you, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs>